Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of Retrospectives. My name is Patrick Arthur and I'm joined once again by my co-host James Sterlings. How you going James? Yeah good mate, how you doing? Uh, excellent, I am super keen for today's episode because uh, unlike last week where we did uh, Banjo-Kazooie, we're doing uh, my game. So just to give you a quick recap on uh, what we do here on the podcast, uh, basically James and I both independently play an old game. Uh, in this case today, it's Prince of Persia. We don't talk to one another about it at all because we were trying to replicate the discussions that we used to have in games all the time in person. So we've both played and finished Prince of Persia, and today we're finally going to talk about it. So I chose Prince of Persia because it was a game when I played when I was a kid, and um, I loved it to bits. I played it through multiple times. It holds a special place in my heart, and I wanted to see if it still held up as a good game today when there's been so many evolutions on the climbing things, like uh, Assassin's Creed came out later, and... Um, Obviously, there's been far more sophisticated arcade combat systems since. So I wanted to see if it still held up as a cohesive experience. And uh, James has never played it before, have you, James? No, I haven't. So I was actually kind of excited to give it a go because I've heard good things about the series previously. So I've got lots of bits and pieces to get into, but the very first thing I want to talk about is actually the story. Uh, The other two games we did didn't really have much of a classical story structure doom has like no story at all and banjo kazooie has a very important story story. very (laughs) important it's uh, there's like a starting point and a finish point but there's not much that happens in between so the basic setup of the story is that in the previous game the prince of persia i don't think he has an actual name he's just the prince of persia yeah the prince he opened the sands of time And uh, in doing so, he placed a curse on himself that a beast called the Dahaka would pursue him endlessly and eventually kill him because all who open the sands of time are fated to die. So the prince is attempting to escape that curse by traveling back to something called the Island of Time to go to the Castle of Time to try and stop the Empress from ever creating the sands of time in the first place, meaning the curse is undone, or so he thinks. So there are these time portals on the island that lets him go back in time. So the theory is he finds one of these time portals, goes back in time to when the Empress was first creating the Sands of Time, stops her doing it by whatever means, and then boom, no Sands of Time, the Haka doesn't have a problem with it. That's the basic uh, basic outline of the story. I'm just going to turn it over to you now, James, because uh, I have my uh, own problems with the story, but I've been super keen to hear what you think about it. Me? Okay, so before we go on, I'm going to give a spoiler warning because we are going to go in-depth on the entire premise. Yeah, Um, total spoiler warning. Play the game if you want to experience (laughs) the brilliant story yourself. Yeah, so, I mean, really, to me, the story's kind of bare-bones, honestly. Like, it's the kind of story that serves as a vessel for the gameplay uh, and to give context to your actions, but there isn't, a, there isn't like, a whole lot to it. Uh, there's a couple of twists, but um, for me, they were quite obvious. So, early on, you rescue a character who has been attacked by an assassin, and then she kind of serves as your guide for the next two levels. Yeah, she, then, so her name is Kylina, and she's the assistant to the Empress of Time. Yes, so this, the Empress's assistant helps you to 
figure out how to get into the Empress's chambers, which uh, involves climbing two towers and activating them to open a massive door leading into the throne room. Uh, and essentially, once you open the two towers and open the throne room gates, you go in there and the assistant turns around and is like, Ha! Joke's on you. I am actually the Empress. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, and I just kind of like rolled my eyes at that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. Like, she's dressed in these like exquisite robes and like uh, covered in jewelry and like, yeah, you're not just an assistant there, buddy. Uh, I mean, the characters themselves are very whatever. Like, they don't have much in the way of personality uh, to me. Um, yeah, see, I know what you mean, because for me, you're saying the story is just kind of whatever, and that's a pretty accurate description. I'm a, I'm a sucker for anything involving time travel. I've watched okay. and read pretty much every book and movie on time travel, so I have a secret love for the idea of traveling back in time to change your fate and everything. I was just going to say that the execution of it is horrible. The dialogue's <laughs> bad. Yeah. The uh, aesthetics are terrible. It is the edgiest... It's the edgiest game I've ever played, and I use that term completely unironically. The dialogue consists of him yelling, you bastard, and I don't have time for this, and things Get like it? that. Time, are... right? <laughs> Sorry, I know, right? It's so bad. <laughs> um, the um, other thing is that uh, the the way the women are sexualized in this game is absolutely ridiculous. Um, oh, I mean, that's... it's very clear from the very get-go that the game is targeted towards a teenage male audience, right? Like, yeah, all the women are super sexualized. So much when it was 14. All, yeah, all the characters are super edgy. Uh, the music is like, uh, I, I feel like it's targeted towards a teenage audience. It's kind of like... Heavy this, metal. Yeah. yeah, it's got this... I didn't hate the soundtrack, uh, the heavy metal... But um, I thought it just completely didn't fit with the, like, Prince of Persia aesthetic, like, at all. Like, you've got this uh, Persian prince in this really sandy, dusty temple from way back, and you have this heavy modern metal pumping in the background the whole time. It's just kind of strange, honestly. Yeah, the... The, the scene that stood out to me as, like, terrible was when... You know that scene you talked about where you see the assassin in black fighting the Empress of Time? Yeah. Like, the first shot you see of them are their legs intertwined. Like, it's a shot of their lower half of their body with their legs intertwined. And I literally face-pumped. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just completely absurd. And, yeah, the... It's interesting because a lot of people praise the aesthetic of the first Prince of Persia, which was a lot lighter and more whimsical. Like, whenever the prince died, this the story was framed as if he were telling a story to someone else. And he'd say, oh, no, that's not how it goes. And then it would go back. Oh, With this, cool. it's all dark and horrible. And it says, you died and blood splatters on the screen. And it's a yeah, uh, pretty, super, pretty super dramatic edgy. change of pace. Uh, yeah, speaking of the aesthetic, uh, did, what did you think of the environments? Because to me, they were all extraordinarily bland. Like um, they they aged poorly. Yeah, uh, everything very like blocky. the graphics are fine today. Like I think if you want to play the game, it doesn't detract from the experience, but you don't get anything out of it, right? Like everything's brown and grey and kind of yeah. The garden, the garden areas were all right i thought but they were the only like splash of color and life in an otherwise very drab environment yeah it kind of reminds me of um dark souls one's graphics which are very good at you know at being castles like they do castles well 
but you look at Sif's model, like Sif the big dog, uh, and he just looks like he's got castle texture for fur. It's it's just <laughs> a little dodgy. Dark Souls aesthetic does really a good job of adding to the like crushing atmosphere of the game, whereas Prince of Persia doesn't have that. You're this guy running around slaughtering enemies to pump in metal music. It doesn't. It's not got that kind of atmosphere, so I don't think it really. Well yeah, it, it, it tries to make it cool, right? That's the problem with the edgy atmosphere. He, he, it's all all feeding it to making the prince look super cool. It's and that's, that's another issue I take with the music selection. Because, for example, that kind of music works well in Devil May Cry, for example, where the main character Dante slays demons for a living and has fun doing it. Uh, and mm-hmm. his motivations are he enjoys killing demons, right? Whereas the prince is just trying to change his fate and to not die at the end of the game. And so the music and the atmosphere suggest that he's really enjoying the violence, but that's not like a part of the story at all to me. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. It just doesn't have that uh, thematic wholeness to it. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. And really, uh, throughout the entire game, they try to push this uh, overtone of fate being really important. And then, so at the end of the game, you succeed in your quest, and you manage to change your fate somewhat by not dying. And the very last cutscene so shows you sailing back to your home city, uh, and it's being burnt to the ground, and you hear this ominous whisper in the background, I told you you couldn't change your fate. And it really kind of undermines the whole game's story to me, honestly. It's just like, okay, what was the point? Yeah, well, they've got to have a sequel, right? <laughs> if he yeah. gets back and everything's <laughs> fine, what? not much of a sequel, is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just... They, they tried to touch on interesting topics and then never went anywhere with it. So, for me, yeah, the, so the story's just not the focus of the game. D- talking about that, did you get um, did you get tripped that the game was over? Because I remember when I first played it, when I did both the locks, I fought the Empress for the first time, you know, killed her, and he's like now it's time to get off this rock. I'm like, ooh, the game's almost yeah, over. Yeah, I thought it was over. I was like, oh, I'm done. Thank God. And then, uh, and then it wasn't <laughs> thank over. God. No, um, yeah. Speaking of thank God, maybe we should move on to the gameplay. Um, so the game consists of two primary forms of gameplay, one of which is some beat-em-up combat. Um, it's like Devil May Cry Light almost, and... The second Good half comparison. is, yeah, it's, it's like, um, it's a lot of puzzle platforming similar to maybe Uncharted and games like that. Lots of like wall climbing and ledge jumping and that sort of stuff. And I really like the two, how separated the two are a lot of the time because it made it easier for me to play the game for long periods of time. Because if, for example, I got tired of the combat, you know, you go into a puzzle platforming section and the kind of mix up it does there worked really well for me. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to, um, I, I want to talk about the platforming first because the platforming yeah. is probably my uh, my favorite part of the game. Yeah, agreed. And it's something that I don't think has ever been fully replicated outside of a Prince of Persia game. You have games like Uncharted, like you said, which have it a little bit, but Prince of Persia, I think, does the most interesting things with it. The thing about platforming in the Prince of Persia games is that it's uh, linear you need to go from one location to another and you don't have six different ways of doing it. Like you'll start off down low and you need to get up up high to a doorway that's ages away. You need to go along the correct designer created path. 
And in order to do that, you need to string a lot of acrobatic tricks together. Yes. Uh, so the prince can run along the side of walls, he can swing on poles, he can jump from large pole to pole, balance on beams, and uh, even roll and jump through traps. Yeah, so what I really liked about the way that the platforming was designed was that it's really apparent that early on into development, the development team made a whole bunch of different platforming pieces, and but they made them modular, right? So they could... Uh, snap them into the level the way they wanted like each pole each swinging bit each balancing beam ledge could be puzzle pieced together any way they wanted and so basically each platforming segment is consisted of stuff you've seen before but maybe arranged in different ways that are harder than you've previously seen before and i think that was a really good way of going about designing the um the puzzle platforming yeah there's a very gentle I think, a learning curve with it. At no point does it ridiculously ramp up in difficulty. It just starts putting them together in more and more complex sequences. Um, you know, like you'll have to press a button so you'll have a timer or, uh, you know, you'll be activating machinery in other ways so paths will change. There's also an element of figuring out what to do. Yes. I, I don't know if you struggled with that. Like when you first go into this ridiculously sized rooms, and you need to figure out how to begin the platforming sequence. Well, a lot of them are designed in such a way that you go from bottom to top. And so there's only like maybe two of them are in reach at the bottom anyway. So it does a good job of, I think, guiding the player's eyes to the correct ones. And even in the case that they make them too hard, maybe you have the time rewinding power uh, that lets you go back in time a few seconds so you can retry. One of the things I really didn't like about the platforming, which is one of the standouts, because overall the platforming is definitely my favorite part of the game, uh, is that because of the time rewinding power, the developers seemed as if they were limited in the kinds of difficulty they could throw at the player, because uh, they could just rewind whatever. So it seems to me that they added a lot of insta-kill scenarios into the game, like lots of spike traps, lots of bottomless pits, stuff like that. A lot of times if you f***ed up in the platforming and didn't have any time rewind, you just died. There's no so, kind of leeway. And, and you think that's a problem because to me that's a, that's one of the tremendous assets of the Prince of Persia games. Um, right. They're able to design incredibly lethal platforming and they're able to, to make things, I guess, difficult. And they're able to make it that if a camera angle stuffs you up, which happens several times throughout the game, I don't think it's a major problem, you have a way to just hold down a button and redo it and retry yeah, it. I was actually kind of impressed with the controls uh, for the platforming overall. I think they still hold up today um, and are enjoyable to use. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The times where you have time rewind, uh, I think it's really fun, and then the times where you just happen to not have it, and you f*** up once in this really long string of platforming just feels awful. I completely agree, and I think that the opening sequence of the game, before you get your time rewind power, is absolutely miserable. Because when you die, you go all the way back to the, the checkpoint, to and, yeah, there's, and I died plenty in that opening sequence, I'll tell you this much. Uh, do you mean the, the combat on the ship? No, 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 the, um, the platform. 
Oh, okay. I didn't die during the platforming that section at yeah. all. I only died to enemies at the start yeah, of the I, game. Yeah, I, I thought the... Um, I, I love the time rewind power. It reminds me a lot of uh, Super Meat Boy or Celeste. These games which are absolutely covered with insta-kills. You know, you're constantly falling off and there's spikes. And the thing about a 2D game is that if you die, because it's, you know, 2D and they don't need to load models or anything, it's just boom, you're, you're back... You're back but in, the in game Prince of Persia, you have to wait like a good 30, 40 seconds to start playing the game again, and it's really... If you die. Yes. If you've got rewind power, you do not. Yes. So I, th I think the time rewind definitely adds a lot to the game, um, but I'm not sure it's a perfect implementation. I think they could have done it better, perhaps. Uh, I like the idea of having slowly regenerating time power rather than just finding it. Later in the game, you actually get a regenerative time rewind. Basically infinite. Rewinds, yeah, yeah, but it's so fast as basically infinite. I think a more gentle approach would have been good. But that, that bit at the end of the game, so going back to the story, you essentially yep. find this mask on the ground uh, that yes. turns you into a wraith. And the wraith has the power of regenerating time power, so you can basically use slow time, reverse time, any of the time powers as much as you want. Uh, at the cost of losing health over time constantly. Uh, that's not true once you get to a quarter health, I think, the damage stops. Yes. But So basically, I would just let myself get to a quarter health and then just slow time through the entire game at that point. Um, yep. The platforming was a lot more fun at that point for me because I could just, you know, take it at my own pace. Like you said, in 2D platformers where you instantly go back, I really liked how the infinite time just meant that you could keep trying, but you wouldn't progress in the game until uh, until you could actually do the challenge. And it's not like the time powers allowed you to cheese the platforming. You still had to do the correct thing to continue. So I, I, I think... Mean, in, in a way, you can slow down time to cheese some of the, I guess, uh, the trap the trap challenges. Yeah, the moving can... traps, sure. Yeah. But and I thanks... mean, that's just using using the abilities in the game. Like, that's just... That's yeah. not a bad thing. It, yeah. But uh, yeah, were, were you aware that whenever you killed enemies, you got um, sand back as well? Sometimes you did. Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, so I, uh, you couldn't you couldn't throw them off. You didn't get the sand. You had to actually kill them. Yeah, sometimes you kill them and they don't give it to you, but a lot of the time they did. So the way they often set up a lot of the larger levels is that there'd be a platforming bit and then there'd be a combat bit. And my understanding is the reason they did that was it gave you an opportunity to just regenerate your sand that way if they didn't have those combat bits uh interspersed between the larger platforming bits you would run out of sand a lot more i uh i tell you right now here's here's a hot take if the game had slowly regenerating powers or if it had checkpoints that refilled you instantly and just didn't have combat i think the game would be a lot better because Ooh, that sounds I, that sounds spicy. I strongly dislike the combat in this game. I don't know how you feel about it, but to uh, me, before we move into the combat, if it's alright, I just want to deal with a couple more uh, things okay, in relation sure. to the platforming. But then we'll, we'll absolutely get into it. Um, I just wanted to say that there's another sort of. Uh, I kind of broke the platforming bits into three three different things: the climbing of elaborate structures, which we've gone over a lot, um, trap corridors. Because most of the traps exist in narrow corridors. It's not really interspersed with these larger bits. And I think that these are loading screens. I don't know if the you know. The trap noticed. corridors? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's actually there are no loading screens of the game. Yeah, you could absolutely yeah. be right about that. So, yeah. so I think these because I just narrowed corridors with a few traps, and I noticed they were always between uh, the large areas. So I'm like, yeah, they've just cleverly point. concealed these loading screens. Uh, and the thing about the trap corridors is that they required a lot more precise Time timing. Through, yeah, but they're a lot simpler in concept. Man, those and spinning the, blades. Oh, I hate those things so much. <laughs> yeah, the, the hitbox on them is a bit wonky. They're kind of a little bit larger than you would you would expect. Yeah, um, and then the uh, the final sort of platforming thing that we haven't talked about is the Dahaka escape sequences. Right. Yeah. Of course. So the climbing the big structures is generally pretty chill, and the trap corridors aren't chill. They require very precise timing, but you can do each bit and prepare yourself as long as you want to. The Dahaka escape sequences are, as the name implies, the Dahaka finds you and you need to execute a series of fast, accurate platforming or he'll catch up to you and kill you. And uh, in a lot of ways, these kind of really tested your platforming jobs because you can't wait. You can't you can't sit around and figure it out. You just have to go and execute everything in a... Um, in a fast manner and i found that the variety in these platforming types brought a lot of depth and interest to it if it was just the same thing over and over again i'd probably have got more bored with it oh actually the dahaka chase scenes so the big tentacle monster uh, yeah. are actually the best parts of the game to me by far there is a section halfway through the game uh where you think you finish the game but it actually leads into like four chase scenes in a row and that was my favorite part of the game because the platforming being chill i think takes away from any challenge when you have something chasing you and you have to do those platforming sections as fast as you can they are so much more fun like you have to be good because being slow actually insta kills you and you can't time rewind out of it so it feels like there's actually like a lot of tension in them and i really liked it when, when I got to that bit, I actually ended up having no sand at all. And so I had to do it all perfectly. And it took me an embarrassing long amount of time. I got pretty frustrated. But I, I, I agree with you. I think the Dahaka escape sequences are fantastic. Uh, sometimes you get a bit of a wonky camera angle, but on the whole, it's quite good. Yeah, that was one real bad one for me. Uh, in the clock tower, the Dahaka chase sequence actually auto-saves you after a long section of enemies, and I had, like, a sliver of health in no time. <laughs> so I had to retry that, like, 20 times because there was a bunch of enemies in the f***ing chase sequence, and, oh, man, it was awful. Um, <laughs> but, like, for the most part, I liked them, though. Yeah, yeah I, I think the key to the platforming for me, at, at least, is that I enjoy stringing these moves together. If it was just climbing and grabbing things, like in Assassin's Creed or Uncharted, or, it would be boring. But the fact that you string... Wall, wall running is, like, the best thing ever. I wish it was in more games. But the fact that you have to execute all of these moves together is what makes it fun and interesting. There's a real momentum to your platforming through the level. The, uh, the sections where you have to press a button to kill an enemy while wall running, they were awful. Uh, I died so many times to bad camera angles because I couldn't... Because there's these ninjas, right? And they run... Like, when you start running across a wall, they start running across a wall at you and you have to press the attack button at the right time or you fall off and instantly die. And there was a section where I had no time power and, like, the camera angle was behind my character and it's got a very poor, like 
sense of depth. So it was really hard to see when they were in front of me. So it was just trial and error. I hated it. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. With those running sequences, did you press the attack button twice? Because that was my trick. Because the you kind of do two swipes. One's you pull the sword back and the other's you swipe. And I either one that. can get them, but it's easier to time if you hit it the second time, I found. Okay, I didn't know that. See, they're yeah. on the balancing beams too. There are ninjas that run at you. But those ones are easy because the camera angle always worked for me. So I just... It's perfect, yeah. Yeah, because they run at you, they swipe, and then you're supposed to jump and then hit them on the way down. And I thought that, that was really cool and was fun, yeah. So so you the verdict on the platforming is that it's pretty brilliant? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 think oh, yeah. It's, I think it's better than Uncharted's, for example. Uh, I think it's some of the best puzzle platforming I've played in a game ever. Yeah, so, so after Ubisoft made Prince of Persia, they went on to make Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed, which has yeah. the whole freeform climbing thing. But the freeform climbing, which at the time I thought was amazing. But on reflection, I think Prince of Persia's platforming is way more interesting. I do wonder if there's a way to somehow combine the two. So you have an elaborate room with multiple different paths with all of these different platforming bits. But maybe that's just too complicated. Yeah, what I would have liked to see is maybe have dead ends or like ways to get the platforming wrong. Maybe introduce a bit of difficulty that way. But, you know, on the whole, I thought it was really good. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad we agree on that because uh, I suspect we're not going to agree on the combat. <laughs> so yeah. uh, because, because you've already uh, kind of signposted this, I'm just going to turn it over to you. You tell me what you think of the combat and then I'll reply. So I guess we start with a bit of introduction to the combat. The combat uh, has multi-buttons, so you've got your light attacks, your grabs, and um, you can pick up jumps. a second weapon. Yeah, and jumps as well. At the start of the game, it worked okay. Like, you hit a bunch of dudes, you walk up to a dude, you block his attack string, you hit him back, sometimes you throw them, and then eventually they start piling on lots of enemies at once. Um, and we played on hard, so... Enemies were pretty uh, tanky. Yeah, enemies were really tanky. They got a lot of health, and it, like it became a real handful to deal with lots of enemies at a time. So uh, I'm the kind of person who likes to do things in an optimal kind of way. And Prince of Persia gives you a lot of options for dealing with enemies however you want. But I would, I'm the kind of person who, once they figures out uh, the ideal way to beat something, will use that every time. So can I can I guess what you did? Okay. You spammed the grab button. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I spammed grab and I choked out every single enemy because when you're choking an enemy out, other enemies don't attack you. Are you so, serious? Yeah, so you grab an I enemy, no idea. you choke it oh out. Oh my god. Once it dies oh. to you choking out, it drops its weapon, which you pick up. You throw the weapon at something to stun it for a second, which leaves it vulnerable to being grabbed again, and then you choke that. So, I had no idea choking yeah. enemies made you invulnerable. So, about when I got the scorpion sword, uh, which is maybe like two thirds into the game, and I figured that out, I was like, oh, I'm literally. Because what happened was, I got auto saved on low health again, uh, right before a section of rooms that had lots and lots of enemies in it, and I just couldn't beat it. Like, I tried everything. I spent like maybe 40 minutes on this room, and then eventually was like. Uh, so actually, I did realize that there was a door, and if you walk through the door, the enemies didn't follow you through it. In fact, they tried to follow me through the door, but they couldn't walk through the door, so they were just stuck in their walk animation, hitting an invisible wall. So 
I, uh, I went into that room and I grabbed the enemies. I threw it, threw them through the invisible wall, and then one v one them one at a time until they were all dead. And that was like How miserable. Yeah, so miserable. And before that, all I had been doing was uh, I don't know if you used the jump kick much, but I, I used. So I the way I approached the combat was very different to you. I used pretty much every single tool in my arsenal when fighting okay. enemies. Because before that, all I would do was light attack, light attack, which brings you close to the enemy, and then you jump and kick, which knocks them over. And then for some strange reason, when you jump in the air and kick, like you kick like a meter off the ground, but it still hits downed enemies and redowns them, so they just get stun locked on the floor. Uh, so one of the reasons I didn't like the combat was because how abusable it was. Which, you know, if you're not like me and you do the combat however you want, I'm sure you can get more enjoyment out of it. But the other thing was, on hard in particular, everything is such a bullet sponge. Things take ages to die, and honestly, every time I could, I ran past the enemies and didn't fight them. Because Prince of Persia does nothing to stop that. Uh, in games like Devil May Cry, when you encounter enemies, magical barriers on doors appear that stop you progressing until you kill the enemies. And in RPGs, if you avoid combat for long enough, you get underleveled, right? Which punishes you from avoiding combat. In this yep. game, you can literally just run past them. And honestly, that made the game way better for me. Um, it, because... It's funny It's funny you keep bringing up Devil May Cry, because I think that a lot of your problems could be solved by something else that's in Devil May Cry, and that's the style meter. Because the problem yes, in yes. Persia is the fact that there are certain moves that are more optimal than others, so you just keep, keep using them over and over again. Devil May Cry solves this problem by rewarding you for using variety in your attacks. The more variety you're using in attacks, the more your style meter goes up. So you're heavily encouraged to kind of use your full arsenal and balance that off against what the most efficient move is at the time. Because Prince of Persia doesn't have that, you just use the most efficient move at the time. So the way I generally approach combat is that I would crowd control, so I'd be grabbing people and knocking them down or throwing them off edges, and then I'd use a variety of moves to finish them off. I, uh, I approached it slightly more creatively, I guess, because I uh, had a better grasp on which moves were more damaging than you, perhaps. Yep. Because um, the reg regular sword attacks don't do much damage, but whenever you're dual wielding and you use you do a lot of some damage, of the more, right? you do a lot more damage. Yeah, so it, it's easier to kill enemies. Um, also, you know, jumping over enemies and executing attack does more damage. You can stab people when they're down for damage boosts and uh, things like that. So yeah, one of the things I really didn't like was when I was trying to jump attack. Uh, if I was near a wall, you auto snap to the wall and jump off it. <laughs> yeah. And oh my god, it just the controls are so unresponsive when they're so precise in platforming. They just do whatever the hell they want in combat. Um, the game uses automatic lock on, like it's like Dark Souls lock on, but like you can't control it at all. You so can't if turn I'm, it off. Yeah, if I'm trying to run straight in a direction and I happen to get into an enemy's radius, my character just starts veering to the left without me doing anything. And like yep. I died multiple times because the lock-on made me go in a direction I wasn't trying to move and that made me so mad. Um, like that lock-on system is awful. Uh, just terrible. Like I can see people having fun with the combat, but I just really didn't. Um, and I think... It's really exacerbated in the boss fights. Um, I don't know oh how you God. felt Sorry, about but before, them. Before we get into the boss fights, I just want to... 
uh, summarize how I feel about the combat, which is that I think that I I actually like the basic system, which is that you can freely flow between different attack types. Like you can hit someone, parry them, then grab them, and then jump over them. Each uh, each button input only does a single action, and you can no, chain them together how you no, choose. No, it does not. Absolutely uh, wrong. Can, can uh, you give me an example? Okay, so I'm going towards an enemy, and I'm going to jump off their head and then hit them, right? So I yeah. press that input, and then my character rolls, and then I die because they rolled into an attack instead of jumping over it. Like, the jump button and the roll button are the same, and, like, if you oh, press oh, it sure. like, yeah. at any time too early, you do the wrong thing, and it punishes you a lot. Because sure, I- enemies can get a lot of health off of you in that game if you take one hit. It's They almost they combo you, and so... And there are no iframes. Yeah, yeah. Rolling doesn't give you invincibility, uh, which I don't mind. Uh, I think's fine. It encourages better positioning. But yeah, uh, I, I think that you're right in that if they had a system to reward creativity, the combat would be a lot better. Because I think I actually do think that the base system is fine. Uh, it just it's let not, me let me explain what I was saying earlier a bit more. I, I agree that having roll to jump is a problem. It's more that you press jump on someone, and then you can either go hit hit with your sword. You can go grab grab, which does two kicks, or you can do sword attack then kick which gives you a sword attack and then a kick and you can you can i I felt like there was a lot of freedom with how you uh approach that and after you do that you can press triangle to grab onto someone and then you can kick them forwards or jump over them and it felt like i was inputting each you know i was doing one input at a time and each one was flowing into the next but maybe you didn't really feel that way no, uh, especially when I started like flowchart killing people with <laughs> flowchart killing. Yeah, that's a it great was. Way to, it was sneak up on describe. one of them, choke them out, steal their weapon, throw your weapon, choke them out, go on. So you know, uh, it's not entirely the fault of the game that I lack creativity to play it in a fun way, but I think other games do a good job of remedying that issue. Yeah, it is the game's fault. Like, I had I had no idea that choking anyone else gave you iframes. I basically never used that because it took too long and I got bored. Yeah. So I, I didn't use it. But if oh, it I makes got you bored. Invincible, don't, don't get me wrong, I got <laughs> bored doing it, but I did it because it yeah, was the but best But if way. it makes you invincible, it makes sense. But uh, yeah, you were saying about the bosses. You felt the combat oh system is Oh my god, I hate all the bosses so much. Let's so, let's talk about the uh, the first boss. because The when tutorial? Was, yeah, let's, let's when, go when into that. When I was first talking to him about this, I said, listen, the thing about playing on hard is that there's this difficulty spike right at the beginning, and if you can't get past it, well, don't play on hard. So did you find that was a bit of a difficulty oh, spike? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was completely different to the rest of the combat. Um, yeah. It took me a long time to beat the tutorial boss, and yep. then until, until like halfway through the game, I thought that the tutorial boss was going to be the hardest fight in the entire game, honestly. <laughs> Uh, I don't understand, especially on hard. Um, well, it's I mean, absurd, it's supposed to it? be hard, right? But they have so much health. When I finally beat her, it was because I figured out her patterns. And I will say that their attack patterns are all fair. Like, if you memorize them, you can avoid every bit of damage, which I do yep. like. But even when, per- like, perfect killing the boss, it took, like, 20 to 30 minutes because she had so much health, right? 
Um, the, part of the problem is also that you don't have the time rewind power for that tutorial boss. So yes. any mistakes you make are just you just get badly punished, and you you probably only need to take damage three times before you die. Yeah, it's it's, not, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I'll tell you, even on normal, that fight is just stupidly difficult. I okay. do not know what they were thinking. Yeah, and uh, the princess, the first princess fight. Um, Empress fight, right? The Empress, yeah. She's very difficult as well. Uh, she took me maybe two two hours or so to kill. Um, yeah. I had to step away for an hour or so because it made me too mad. Uh, but once I got it, it was fine. The real problem with the boss fights is how often they get copy-pasted throughout the game. It's so uh, the lazy. Mini, the mini-bosses, you mean? Yeah. Well, you have to fight the Empress twice. She's basically the same fight with a minor change. Um, yeah. You have to fight the tutorial boss, like, three separate twice. times. Is it twice? twice? I think... Okay. Yeah, it's just twice. And then one of the bosses is actually just a normal enemy, but with lots of health. <laughs> the big golem. Ah, oh, yeah, the big golem, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly the same as the regular golem. It just has a health golems. bar. Yeah. And then the only other fight in the game was the Griffin, and the Griffin isn't even really a boss because it's the fight you do directly after getting the infinite time stop power. So you just stop time for the whole fight and you murder it before it can even attack you, uh, which I thought was a cool way of showing off the new power. But, I don't know, it wasn't really fun. I, I really disliked how they repeated the bosses, and I basically cheesed the Empress fights by... Just jumping on the heads, hitting them, waiting for them to finish their attack string, and then jumping on the head and getting them trapped in the same animation over and over. Really yeah, didn't. I basically did the same thing. My my main problem with the boss fights, and maybe this isn't such a problem for you because of how you feel about the combat system as a whole, but it was how there was basically no relationship between fighting against groups of enemies and fighting against bosses. When, when I was fighting against the groups of enemies, I was using all these different attacks and grabs and jumps and creatively stringing them together. When I was fighting against the Empress, I would go hit, 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 block, parry, block, parry, roll away. Hit, 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 block, parry, block, parry, roll yeah, away. Exactly. That's my entire strategy. And it was a massive letdown that I never really got to demonstrate my mastery of the combat system. It was just a very confined, limited experience. Yeah, so honestly, if you listening were going to play this game, and I honestly, I would recommend it for the platforming. The platforming's excellent, um, but I would highly recommend you play this game on normal because you cannot change the difficulty once you start, and playing it on hard made it so much more of a slog than it would have been, um, especially because the combat's like whatever. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate the combat as much as you. I thought it was, like, fine to good. It w definitely wasn't great. But, yeah, the main draw for this game is definitely the platform. Yeah, so as well as repeating bosses throughout the game, there was a big problem I had with the level structure. So the world's quite interconnected, right? Um, I would almost say it's similar to Souls, uh, the, the first Dark Souls, in that everything connects together, sort of. But it does a much worse job of it, in my opinion. Uh, it makes you... It forces you to repeat the same content, like, three or four times. Even platforming sections that you've done before, just because it makes sense for you to walk through there during the story. They don't make any, like, shortcuts or like, anything that Dark Souls does. Uh, it was just a pain in the ass, especially near the end, 
there's a, a twist that um, essentially there was this dark shadow roaming around the tower and the plot twist is that was you. So after you notice that, you have to then go through the level and be in those spots at the right times, which involves doing the whole thing again. Um, and they don't even change the platforming, you just do the same things you did. And there's this bit called the library, which I did twice in the same hour, just because like it led back to itself, and I thought that was annoying as hell. Yeah, the um the first two thirds of this game are brilliant. Um, when you when you have to uh, unlock the two massive locks, one in the garden and one in the clock tower, it's really cool. They both have their own themes to them, and it feels like you're assembling these massive contraptions. You're you know moving towards a very clear goal. It's fantastic. After that it kind of descends into a bit of a mess. Particularly the bit James was just talking about where you are retreading your grounds because all you need to do at that point is get back to the throne room, but the Dahaka keeps finding you and just throwing you against walls and you have to keep going back. There was a section like, where you got to like 10 metres from the throne room and it's like, oh no, the way's actually blocked, so instead of getting to the throne room, you have to spend another hour and a half backtracking to actually get there. And it yeah, was like... I, I was getting frustrated as well. I was it, so mad. <laughs> it, it, it felt like it was wasting your time, because every time you were about to get there, it just says, nope, you have to redo this whole section. So I think there was a way they could have made that bit way better. I don't know how, but the, the idea of being the creature that you saw... You, that you mysteriously saw a few times earlier is really cool. The execution was horrible. The last yeah. third of this game is very messy and uneven, whereas, whereas the first two thirds are so strong and so cohesive. So I wouldn't have really- minded so much if they had just, like, maybe if walls had exploded or something had happened to change the platforming bits. Like, having to do the same jumps on the same bits, like, four times after you'd done them already is just, like actually so lazy honestly yeah let, let's move on yeah that, that's how i felt i was like let's just let me get to the throne room and finish this damn game yeah it just felt like padding i've actually got a little aside i wanted to talk to you about james so uh, you okay. and i have talked about the new zelda breath of the wilds uh weapon system a lot and you've i've i hate it you don't mind it you say it's an integral part of the experience and i'm like yeah, I wish they'd done it differently. What I was going to say to you is, I think Prince of Persia, Warrior Within, actually gives you a pretty reasonable version of the system. What? Because in Prince of Persia, Warrior Within, you have a main unbreakable weapon that is weaker than all of the disposable weapons you find, but isn't horribly weak. And over the course of the game, it receives incremental upgrades over the course of the game so it never becomes completely outdated and you've got all of the disposable weapons that you find uh by killing enemies or lying around in the environment to me if zelda had given you an unbreakable weapon that was kind of like a baseline level of power and then slowly increase that power relative to where you're up to in the game that would have solved a lot of the problems i had had with the uh with the weapon system what do you think uh, I completely disagree. Completely disagree. What? So, yeah. <laughs> so, to start off with, in Breath of the Wild, uh, you can actually have no weapon whatsoever, which to me was fun because that adds tension. Like, you're running around panicking, trying to pick up these shitty 
branches off the ground in order to get some kind of defense. That was fun for me. Um, so just having a weapon all the time just removes that tension entirely for me. And one of the brilliant things about Breath of the Wild's weapon system is that it means you can get really overpowered weapons and it doesn't break the game if you get them early, because eventually they break and you go back to a base power level. But Prince of uh, Persia has that as well. So I actually never noticed the difference. But I know there was different weapons you could get. I didn't notice the difference between any of them. And it, it's the, not, it isn't clearly signposted, I'll give you that. The reason for this is because I think picking up a weapon makes you weaker in combat because it doesn't let you grab and therefore you can't choke hold enemies. So, uh, I see. honestly, as soon as I got a weapon, I threw it away at someone so I could choke hold them. So, so yeah, I think you've underutilized the secondary weapons. Like, you know the crow, the crow warriors? Yes. When you got their weapon, they would literally one-shot most of the enemies in the game. And right. it only lasted about five hits, but you just press triangle once and the enemies would instantly die. Yeah, uh, so the first and... time I fought a crow warrior, um, I didn't have a secondary weapon. Because the game yep. gives you one, and I immediately accidentally threw it away. So the first crow warrior I fought took like 15 minutes to kill. Yeah, uh, it's particularly bad, that first one, because you've only got the stick. Yeah, the really bad weapon. Yeah, so I started just running past them. I killed the first one, and then I literally never fought one in the rest of the game. Uh, okay, cause... well, you, you didn't see that, but given that a pop system has plenty of overpowered weapons that you can get over the course of the game that make killing enemies super, super, super easy. So even if you didn't find that, given that... Do you really think it's that far removed from Zelda? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 don't... I, I will say that first thing you said, where you're desperately looking for a weapon, literally never happened to me at all the entire okay. time I was playing Zelda because I was playing Inventory Management Simulator, the game. So. All right, okay. Yeah, okay. In that case, I can see your point, but uh, I, I never had that issue. And I thought the two-weapon system was fine, but, you know, as we've discussed, uh, my approach to the combat was... I just, a little different, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things... I, I, I've got another hot take for you, Patrick. Okay, um, I'm listening. Because I'm going to be straight up with you now. Um, I told you that I like the platforming and I hated the combat. Um, but there was another section of the game that if I had not been playing this game for the podcast, I would have dropped this, like, before I finished the second tower. Uh, which is no. Alright, so here's my hot take, Patrick. Holy shit, this is the buggiest piece of shit I have ever played. And I've played <laughs> and I've played Bethesda games before, right? Okay. So uh, I have this big list okay, no. I have a big list of things that happened to me throughout the game, right? Okay. okay. So that was we're playing on Steam for anyone learning, so it might be give, different. Give them if, to me one by one and I'll okay. I'll tell you what I think. So if you're playing on the original version or on a or the HD remaster, maybe it's fine. But we were playing on the Steam, the regular Steam release. So, so one of the the biggest issue I had in the game was there are two sec two separate instances of this, right? Where I saved my game and then I would die, and I would press retry, and upon clicking retry, the game would crash to Windows. Um, this, I'm not saying this happened twice. I'm saying this happened at those two save points every single time I died. It crashed to win Windows when I pressed retry. 
So I was stuck on both of those sections for like 40 minutes each. And you had to wait a good like four minutes for the game to boot up and then load you in. Play for like five seconds, die, and then repeat the whole process. Oh my I, was God. I was close to throwing my controller through the window. Um, oh yeah, I never encountered anything like that. Okay, sure. So maybe it could be a hardware issue. It could be the version of the game. But that, that really made me angry. Um, secondly, so there's a power in the game you get that makes a big explosion in a circle around you. Mm -hmm. um, and it sends a gust of wind. So in the game, there are these platforming segments that involve uh, swinging ropes on walls. And so you run across the wall, you grab the rope, and then you keep running. So it basically, like, extends how far you can run on the wall. Um, and there were two sections in the game where I killed enemies with the explosions, and the gust of wind sent the ropes swinging, and they swang through the walls. So when I ran to grab them, they were stuck in a wall and I didn't grab them and I fell and died. That's <laughs> and amazing. <then laughs> if I rewound, if I rewound, the ropes would like their physics reset. So they were permanently stuck inside the wall and I had to kill myself to that's, like reset really the game. I, I never, I never used that power because I saved all my sand for, um, for yeah. rewinding, but that's, Oh, that is, that's a good one. <laughs> okay, so this is a very long list, so buckle in. Um, I am. About three times in the game, uh, I time rewound, and it put me into a different spot than where I was, and in a couple of instances, it actually put me inside a wall, and I couldn't move <laughs> my character. Like, I was just in a wall, and I was like, I had to turn the game off and on to get out of that wall. Like, how? <laughs> Like, I um, thought the game was buggy, but you're like, I have not experienced any of these glitches. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say one that actually happened to me. Okay, so, next one. So, a few times I was in combat, and I decided, you know what, I'm really killing the enjoyment for myself by not hitting things. So I hit my enemies, and hitting them sent them back. And then the enemies got stuck in walls. And then the game realized they were stuck in a wall. So it randomly moved them around the room and they just like teleported around the room into 10 different spots until they were in the yeah, right spot. That, that is one that happened to me constantly, particularly since my preferred method of crowd control was throwing enemies. Things? Yeah. Yeah. And whenever yeah. you throw them, if they are going to an awkward spot, they'll go, they'll start instantly teleporting all over the place yeah and one of them was in its attack animation and hit me while it was like <laughs> omni slashing around the room like uh, uh one time i jumped to grab a ledge uh he didn't grab the ledge he continued to fly upwards and then grabbed onto an invisible ledge while I, my feet weren't even touching the platform and an enemy hit me and then I couldn't move off this invisible ledge that didn't exist, so I just had to fall and die. Uh, there was a couple times where ladders just didn't work. I had to reload the game, and then I tried to grab the ladder, and it worked. Whereas before, my character just didn't grab the ladder. And then, okay, so this is my favorite one. This one I actually thought was really funny. This is the last one. Um, so at the, at the end of the mechanical tower, there's a fight with a big stone golem on a bridge. Mm -hmm. And when the stone golem stands on the bridge, the bridge lowers down. So you're in an arena where you have to fight yep. him. So yep. I killed him. That was fine. And then I turned around and I saved my game at the nearest save point, which was just before the bridge. When I oh, no. left the save room, the golem had respawned, right? 
So I was like, yep. shit, I have to do the boss fight again. It's not really a boss fight, it's like a hard enemy. Mini boss. Um, yeah, and so walk onto the bridge. The golem walks onto the bridge, but this time the bridge doesn't go down. And I was like, oh, it was a scripted sequence. That, that makes sense. So I kill the golem again, this time while not standing on the bridge because I've lured it off the bridge. And mm-hmm. then when I kill the golem, the bridge goes up, but it just like flies through the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> like it just flew off into space. <laughs> I was like, what the yeah. f- had no uh, no yeah. tether. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, so after you kill the golem, there's a little bit of like pole swinging to go yeah. upwards, and the pole swinging cumula- cumulates in you grabbing a ladder. There's no cutscene that tells you this, but apparently, when you kill the golem, the ladder spawns. The second time I killed the golem, there was no ladder, so like I literally couldn't progress through the game. Like I had to load an earlier save. Do the like do like four segments of platforming again. Oh my kill God, it the first so time and then continue without saving my game. So that would that bit I I stopped playing for like a day. I was like, this is so I, shit. I would be furious. I was so, so I, angry. I have a couple more glitches. Um, the, did you ever get permanently stuck in slow motion time? Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know if I was stuck it's in like, slow motion. It's like but... kill, kill cam time is probably more accurate. Yeah. Because my camera was locked to a particular perspective. And when you slow time, the screen ripples like it has a water yes. effect on it. That just never went away several times in the game. Uh, so that happened to me. Once I threw an enemy through the floor and my entire game slowed down because of that for about two minutes. But <laughs> I think the enemy eventually fell out of the map and it fixed itself. I'll say that there were some very suspicious things with uh, some of the cutscenes. There was one, a couple of times cutscenes like cut into the, a character's dialogue, like mid-speech. And there was one bit of the game where all of the dialogue was completely muted. Because, yes, I don't know that why. happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's all these things. Oh, and there was one rope swinging section in the garden, which was unbelievably buggy. Like, I died. Is that the one straight? That's it. the one straight after the. Crow? Yeah, and, like, yeah. When, you, when you press jump, he doesn't jump, he just falls and dies. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, me. okay. So that did happen to me. That oh, yeah. was one of the times when I clicked retry, it crashed to Windows. <laughs> so oh, i had to off. do that section like 10 times and then i oh looked it up on God. youtube because i was like what the fuck am i doing wrong and then i yeah. i did exactly what he did didn't work and then eventually it just worked and i like thankfully yeah. continued yeah god i i am sorry james those are some truly horrible horrible bugs i i, I wanted to talk about the bugs as well because i thought it was dodgy but it sounds like it was way worse for you yeah so my recommendation is probably if you want to play this game, play the the HD remake or play the original because I'm sure that doesn't happen on the PS2 uh, or whenever it was released. It's definitely a port issue, I think. So overall, how did you feel about the game? Would you recommend it to people? So I would recommend it. Um, I think that it does make sense to play Prince of Persia Sand of Time first, but I will say that that game's combat is even more excruciating than uh, than Warrior Within oh, in God. terms of boredom. It's just, like, incredibly repetitive. Uh, Prince of Persia Warrior Within at least gives you the option to have a more diverse range of options. Um, I would recommend it today, and I would like to see more Prince of Persia and get rid of this annual Assassin's Creed franchise nonsense <laughs> and go back to uh, proper, proper good platforming. 
Yeah, I can. For me, Prince of Persia, Warrior Within is. It's a recommend, but with a lot of caveats. Like, firstly, I would absolutely recommend playing on the normal difficulty. Uh, I think that the combat is really dull, and that being able to just power through it would make the game a lot more fun. Uh, I would recommend this game to anybody who likes the platforming sections in Uncharted or similar, because I think they are some of the best in any video game I've ever played. I think that if you are to play it, you should play the original on console or the probably the HD remaster, because I my game was buggy as all hell and it actually made me want to neck myself. Um, <laughs> but the platforming's glorious, right? I would absolutely recommend it, even if... The rest of the game was a horrible experience for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, James. But uh, that about wraps it up for today. Uh, we'd like to thank you all once again for listening to this third episode of Retrospectors. We're finally making some progress. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun talking about an actual good video game, unlike Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're very eager for all feedback and criticism, uh, audio quality, the content of what we've talked about, uh, how how James is wrong about various things. So uh, please drop us a comment at retrospectorspodcast at gmail.com or you can go directly to our website. Yep, at rspodcast.net. And you can see articles we've written or you can download the pod- future podcast directly from there. Yeah, leave comments on each of the articles to get in touch with us. You know, that kind of stuff. Let us know that you hate us. <laughs> <laughs> but remember to tell us why. Uh, we're going to continue releasing episodes fortnightly. So uh, we look forward to seeing you in two weeks' time. And uh, we're going back to a game of James's selection. What are we doing, James? So I noticed that a reoccurring theme so far has been that we've been playing games that at least one of us has played before. So I wanted to choose a game that neither of us has played before. So after a lot of digging around, uh, I finally found something that is considered to be uh, an excellent game that neither of us have touched. And that game is going to be Castlevania Symphony of Night for the PS1. So I really look forward to playing that. I'm uh, super keen for it too because... uh... Uh, I've played a lot of Metroidvanias thanks to uh, Hollow Knight primarily, but I've never played the original Vania, so uh, I'm very keen for this one. Uh, But until then, thank you all for taking the time to listen, and we'll see you again in two weeks. Laters. Laters.